Welcome to Story Jam. Hey, this is Stephanie Rogers. I'm the producer of Story Jam, a live lit storytelling and music show based in Chicago. Story Jam features top storytellers and a kick-ass band playing original songs written for each story. For more about that, please visit us at storyjamshow.com. It is the spring of 2020, so let's hear a story. On today's show, Chicago actor, producer, storyteller, and writer Josh Zagorin shares a true personal tale. Josh also performs as Chad the Bird, a popular aviaricious essayist. Aviaricious. Think I just made that word up. We are going to hear Josh's story and the song written for it played by the Story Jam Band. Then we get to speak with Josh in person to try to get to the bottom of his singular genius. By the way, Story Jam is sponsored by Twisted Alchemy, creators of award-winning 100% cold-pressed juices for craft cocktails. Twisted Alchemy's juices elevate spirits and are great for creating killer spirit freeze. Check them out at twistedalchemy.com. Now here is Josh Zagorin, live at Story Jam. Hello. Okay, so... um. This is all true, so hold on tight, okay? There's gonna be a lot of adult themes in this piece. I want us to all just breathe with it, okay? Um, This is a little bit about uh, a piece of wisdom that I've learned uh, in college, and I wanna share it with all of you right now. Uh, Life, as I've learned, is a series of going and stopping, and in the end, you don't control whether you pass or not. That's up to the authorities, and I learned that on a road trip to Iowa from Boston where I went to college. So, my college co-conspirator Sam and I had just ditched class to test drive a Chevrolet station wagon that we rescued from a scrapyard, got it up and running, and painted ourselves. Now, what you heard was fixed up. What I said was got it running, so keep your expectations low, like Randy Quaid would drive this low. Now, in the movie, it would be up and running, looking like it just came off the assembly line. There would be high fives and a washing, polishing decal montage with a shot of us on the hood at night, looking at the stars, just wondering. But in reality, because that's where we all live, we got gas in it, started the engine, replaced the brake shoe, painted the whole thing chrome, and soldered a Porsche 911 spoiler to the roof because we were relentlessly high. And yes, we had ditched class for this, but I learned what a brake shoe was. So really, I was getting field credit in mechanic and repair technologies. Now, to the casual observer, the wagon, which is what we called it, looked like somebody was trying to build the future, got drunk, forgot what they were doing, woke up late and patched it up just enough so it wouldn't explode. To the motorists on the road, the chrome paint reflected the entire sky and it shined like the sun, like the literal sun, because it was a mobile pair of aviator sunglasses and anybody who gazed upon it would lose sight for at least a minute. It's a miracle nobody got hurt. And it only had three working brakes as we were unable to get the aforementioned brake shoe to work properly so you could change lanes just by tapping the brakes. That's physics, I'm still learning. To give it the NASA treatment, we drove it to Iowa, which which is where I'm from. Uh, And it's at this point I remind you, we had ditched class. 
The open road was everything I thought it would be from the movies, not that I had experienced it from being in Iowa, but this was the open road, as in we had no rules but our own, on our way to Bartertown with nothing but a few snacks, a little CD player, because the radio was beyond our limited knowledge, a guitar, and an emergency gas can. We learned early on that gas stations took one look at us and thought, mm, traveling bomb. And of course, our rations of marijuana because we got this far. Everyone we met on the road referred to our conveyance as a pile of junk. But that to us meant rebellion because that's exactly what everybody called the Millennium Falcon. So the only argument to have which, which one of us was Chewbacca. P.S. It was me because I was taller, hairier, and I was so gone I could only manage a few honking barks most of the time. <laughs> so the road, it was open and we were on it. We may have been on our way to a failing class, but by all standards so far, we were doing it right. And that's when we thought, depending on what you mean by thought, what would totally make this perfect would be a stop at the great Niagara Falls. Now, for those of you who don't know, Niagara Falls is the collective name for three waterfalls that hang around the international border between Canada and the United States, located right in between Ontario and New York. And if you take I-90 out of Boston to 290 to 190, you will get there. Geography, transportation. At this point, I'm on my way to a bachelor's in applied physics, mechanics, and cartography. Guys, I'm practically an astronaut. <laughs> and in the middle there somewhere, I passed out in the back seat, which is a massive fail, as Sam was no better off than I was in the driver's seat. Nobody was drinking, mind you, safety first. Falling asleep in the backseat of a huge station wagon, bumping along the road is a rite of passage. And it's a beautiful moment that they write folk songs about. And I took that moment, and at this moment, we were barely stopping. It was just all passing lanes. Waving by, watch the sun rise, and it had only been six hours. So fade out, passing cars, road signs, beta band on the CD player. Sam was smoking, it was wafting in the back window. We're just moving forward. Now... When somebody wakes you up from a mid-afternoon peace dream, reality is like underground lounge music, a muffled, unfocused mess. Things are too tall, too loud, oddly proportioned because you haven't adjusted to consciousness yet, and frankly, it's a little rude. Especially when <laughs> cops, armed like it's the zombie apocalypse, were standing around the car. I woke to the sound of shouting, and looking out the window, I saw a SWAT team of cops with drawn guns, but they were politely asking us to exit the vehicle, which we did. Now, dig, if you will, this picture. Two 20-something men, one in a tan linen suit and the other a Baja hoodie with hemp shorts, we were coming from Boston, standing next to a chrome station wagon that seemed to lean as we were, half awake, half nervous, surrounded by cops, big cops with very large guns. None of us were going anywhere and all of us were confused, but mostly I was mad because we'd stopped. There was no need to stop. We were on the road, we had a plan, Niagara Falls. We were in charge, and we decided when to stop and why. But here we will, uh, were, against our will, and at a standstill. The wagon was first to be searched. Of course, they found all manner of things that we had to put on the record. And then we turned our pockets out like lads caught stealing chocolate, which in the movie would be dramatic, but in reality, because that's where we live, it was embarrassing. They asked, should they remove the luggage in our car and take apart what they can find? And we asked them not to, as we just built the damn thing and it was being held together by duct tape. All of this was asked politely, mind you, to the cursory viewer, it would have appeared that we were discussing a menu. So they didn't take about the car. I guess they'd gotten what they needed from the wagon. They escorted us into the police station where I was sent into a cold room while Sam was sent into another. In the room, a new taller cop politely asked me to remove all of my clothing as it was my turn to be searched. This was nine in the morning, by the way. 
And mind you, I still didn't know where I was. And it's at this point I have to point out how willing one can be on a road trip. You'll stop for anybody with authority. This could have been an elaborate roadside prank where nothing ends well, but when you see a uniform, you stop and do as you're told. Obviously, the reality was much worse. We were being arrested, clearly for some sort of drug possession, terrorism, road warrior treason, uh, total fail. So then flash forward, totally not high anymore. Sam and I are sitting in what we assume was the chief's office while he grilled us and yet still so polite. And it's hard to answer questions from an authority figure who has stopped your progress, put up a wall, put himself in a position where he alone controls your egress and whom has to tell you where you were. Him, what were you thinking? Us, we weren't. Him, do you realize this is a felony? Us, we do now. Him. <laughs> Why did you think it was a good idea to drive past the Canadian border with a bag of illegal substances? Us, wait, what, we're in Canada? The politeness, of course. Now it was clear we were at actual border. The chief was baffled. Where did you think you were? I answered Niagara Falls. The chief, you thought the border was Niagara Falls. Didn't the sign tip you off? Sam jumped on his cue since he'd been driving and said, yeah. And I, attempting to sound as if I had an iota of an idea of what was going on, said with dawning realization, I thought it was pretty stiff security for Niagara Falls. <laughs> All right, said the chief, reminding us that there was an impasse and he alone would grant us passage. I'm going to let you go, sweet, with a fine. Great, no problem, because you're both too stupid to be a threat. Absolutely correct. <laughs> And with that, we were banned for two years from ever coming to Canada, which was fine. I was still in school. Technically, at that moment, lesson learned, stay in class. Now, on our way out, he noted to us both, hey, you got a long drive back, just make sure you guys stay friends. Note, Canadians are polite. That's advanced international relations, maybe I become an ambassador. And we were back in the wagon, we drove to the border to go to our side. Yet another gatekeeper, this one wonderfully unaware of our journey, like he was at the munchkin at the gate and we were the horse of a different color. We gave him the papers, he asked us how the stay was, we shook our heads. Sam had Born in the USA on the CD player, which should have been funny, but it was just sad. <laughs> we had a long, very unhigh drive out for a good 10 hours, and then we were pulled over in Illinois for speeding. We were speeding, we didn't know. At this point, we only knew we were definitely not in Canada. A familiarly taciturn man asked us for our necessities, where, when, why, how, etc., and apologized for pulling us over, but they had to fill a quota. This guy was just doing his job, no harm, no foul, no conspiracy. But when he asked if he could search the wagon, and would he find anything, because we seemed in a hurry, rushed, and suspicious, did we have anything illegal in the car? I said, and I quote, shit, no, man, the Canadians took it all. <laughs> Because at this point, this was the only way, and only the truth would do. The Illinois trooper, perhaps bored, perhaps baffled, told us to hang on a second, and totally got his partner out of the squad car to come out, and they asked us to step out of the car to tell them the story. <laughs> and in the end, as the patrolman, downright elated by this sailor's yarn we'd spun for them, asked if we liked cigars, of course we did. They offered us some premium Coronas they had stolen from the mayor's office. And of course we smoked them there on the hood of their cruiser, and I realized that although I most definitely failed that class, I learned something greater. In the course of a day, we'd met with many obstacles, challenges, stops on the road, and like Odysseus, Ishmael, Mario, Link alike, we got to move onto the next level. The game was not over, and yes, we did make it to Iowa, and yes, we did make it back to Boston, and we did graduate, but it doesn't matter. What was important was sitting on that squad car 
smoking Michael Anthony Balandic cigars with two troopers because we had we not set out, we would not be there. We merely set out and let the fates decide what gate we could get through and how far we could go because life is stopping and starting and most of it you can't control. Thank you very much. wonderful conversation with Josh for over an hour. Here is a small little portion of that. So how are you holding up? You know, I'm weathering the storm. The conservatory that you were in at Emerson was pretty serious. How did you balance your shenanigan life with your conservatory life? My attempt to be, you know, wild and insane often ended poorly, as you heard. And then my attempt at being responsible and dedicated also would just biff from time to time. You found your way to Chicago somehow. I went and saw this movie, Chicago, and the opening scene where Chicago just comes blasting on the screen. It's the most actory, douchey, arty thing I can say, but it was like, it was in that moment that I felt like that was calling to me. 
but it definitely did. When you write a Chad essay, how does that differ from a Josh essay? Ooh, I would say a Josh essay is could be a little more neandering and... <laughs> It's a story for story's sake, whereas Chad seems to have a mission. It's weird to talk about because it's the same person. In this story that we just heard, you talk about going to Niagara Falls with your buddy. How much of that was influenced by the smoking of the ganja? All of it. That, that's a cautionary tale. We aren't meant to be an example, but we had the foresight to realize that we should have learned something from this. Other than that one epic journey that you took with Sam, what other run-ins have you had with the law that you care to share? Uh, oh, nothing that awesome. Your favorite movie? My favorite movie is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Favorite song? That's tough, because currently right now, Lady Luck by Richard Swift, but Private Life by Oingo Boingo. There you go. Favorite band? Led Zeppelin or Oingo Boingo. The Oingo Boingo guy, he has a master class. Oh, yes. Uh, have I you- have taken his master class, and it is really cool. Favorite TV show? Twin Peaks. Favorite podcast? Ugh, favorite podcast? How Did This Get Made? Or The End of the World with Josh Clark? Or Sawbones? Or Getting Curious? Oh. Out of the ah, there's so many. Pick one, Josh. Pick one. one. All right, fine. How Did This Get Made? We'll start there. Favorite actor? Bob Hoskins. Ooh, what a cool choice. Favorite yeah. recreational activity? Favorite recreational activity? Games. I love games. Video games. Outdoor games. I love games. Was there a nerd factor at all in your youth? No. Josh Sigorn, I really appreciate your time today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Please call me again just to check in. Thanks, Josh. Bye. Bye. And thank you, dear listeners, for checking us out. Please always remember, in perpetuum storius, it means keep the stories going. Or something kind of like that. Check us out at storyjamshow.com.